Hello, welcome to a Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Friday to you all. We are now eight official days away from the start of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. It feels great that I'm even saying that, to be honest, because it looked for a while that we really weren't going to get sports back until the fall, maybe later, but still... Eight days away. It's very, very exciting. The Penguins had another practice today. We'll talk about some practice updates um, for this first segment for the podcast. We'll also get to some mailbag questions um, in the second or third segment. And we'll also go around the league as well. There's a big uh, breaking story that looks like it's coming out right now with the Arizona Coyotes and John Chica, as it looks like they're potentially heading for a divorce, but we'll get that towards the end of the show. But the Penguins had their last official practice today of training camp before their scrimmage uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Cindy Crosby was back today. Great news. It looks like he is back after missing about a week, week and a half with a minor abdominal injury as Elliot Friedman uh, called it in the 31 Thoughts podcast. But Mike Sullivan put him right back on that top line, said, you know what, a little injury is not going to really set you back too far. So the lines for the Penguins practice today Jake Gensel uh, next to Cindy Crosby and Connor Sherry. Jason Zucker with Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust. Patrick Marlowe, Jared McCann, Patrick Hornquist. And then, of course, the, the shutdown line of Zach Gaston, Reese, Teddy Bluger, and Brandon Tanev. Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang on defense. Marcus Pedersen, John Marino as the other pairing. And then Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz and the extras. Sam Lafferty, Ivan Rodriguez, and then Yuso Ricola and Chad Ruedel. So, yeah, this team is... All ready to go. The forward depth on this team right now is just absolutely crazy. I mean, this doesn't even include poor Nick Bukestad, who, um, who is not, it looks like he's not going to be available for the start of the playoffs. And I don't even think he's honestly going to play the entire playoff, right? I mean, he probably won't even be available for the Penguins this playoff run, but you know, who knows? Maybe he will be at some point. But even if he is, he's probably not going to play with how deep, um, the Penguins are right now. I just really don't see a place for him at all. I mean, you're not going to take anyone out of the top six. Patrick Marlowe is going to stay in. Jared McCann, Patrick Hornquist. And I mean, you all know that Zach Ashton Reese with Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev, that line is going to stay together. And they're just going to go out and just try to shut teams down. You know, it doesn't matter what line, you know, Jesse Marshall was talking about this last night. You know, you can just, you put them on in any situation and they're, they're just, they're still not going to spend a lot of time in the defensive zone. They get the job done. They get the puck out. They head up the ice. They forecheck like hell. And, you know, he, he said at best, you know, Montreal is going to be in for a rude awakening when they see this line go out against, you know, Shea Weber at the back in the net, Jeff Petrie. And they're just going to be right there. Like what the hell is coming right at us? Because this line is just going to give, Whatever line they go up against, Montreal, a lot of problems, you know, the Gallagher line or, you know, maybe the, the, the Domi line or whatever line they go out against, like I said, it, it's going to be a giant problem for the Canadians when they have to see that line. And then, like I said, the Penguins will have the their final uh, interest scrimmage tomorrow. I think it's at around, what, 7 p.m. tomorrow? Or it's honestly in the afternoon. I'm not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go double check on that. But I know it's tomorrow. That'll be the final time you guys will get to see the Penguins play before their exhibition game on Tuesday against Philadelphia Flyers. The Penguins will fly to Toronto as the hub city on Sunday to get acclimated there and just quarantine for a bit before Tuesday, like I said, where they will play their only exhibition game against the Philadelphia Flyers as the final tune-up to 
playing the Montreal Canadiens as that, as that series will start next Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I believe that game is on NBC. The other games are going to be on NBC Sports Network. Still do not know who is going to call the games. Um, maybe you'll see John Forslund. John, that's going to be that's an interesting situation going on right now with John Forslund in Carolina. It does not look like he's going to be back next season. Um, shame on the Carolina Hurricanes for that. He's one of the best play-by-play announcers in all of hockey, definitely in my top three. But Hoping the Penguins will get Doc Emmerich, just um, no Pierre, and maybe Brian Boucher and Eddie Ocek, though. I'm not really sure if Eddie is going to be calling the NBC games or if he's going to be calling the games for the Blackhawks in the first round. I think he's honestly probably going to be doing the Blackhawks games for the first round. And then and then if the when the Blackhawks most likely inevitably lose, he'll probably go back to regular NBC. But I think he's calling the Blackhawks games against the Oilers for the first round. But still, in that any case... You know, hopefully having Doc with Brian Boucher and whoever other analysts they want to put out there, just not Mike Milbury, but, you know, whoever else, I'm sure hopefully they'll make a good decision for it. That would be cool. There's also Chris Scoothbareth you can put out there as a play-by-play guy. I happen to think he's very, very good. Kenny Albert, he's, I, some people think Kenny Albert is annoying. He's not that good of an announcer. I think he's honestly one of the best in hockey. And then, of course, you have Cord Miller, who, I mean, I happen to like very, very much as well. But I think we'll find out the schedule sometime this week. There's a one of my really good friends on Twitter. Please go follow him, Jake Baskin. He always um, will send out basically the uh, the link to see what announcers are calling what games. He'll also tweet them out too on his Twitter. So um, definitely check out his Twitter. I'm sure he'll be posting those at some point. But okay, I'm getting carried away about announcers. Let's get back to some Penguins content. The Penguins did have a scrimmage last night. It ended in a 3-3 tie. Went through regulation. I think went through overtime as well. I was able to go back and watch some of the highlights. Um, Brandon Tanev put a pretty, pretty good lick on Chris Letang. I'm sure Penguins Chronicles was going after Chris Letang on that. You know, he has, I think he has me blocked in almost all of Penguins Twitter block because his takes on Chris Letang are just so, 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 so bad. But um, I know I saw that. Um, Matt Murray looked like that. I think that was his best scrimmage yet. He was seeing the puck really, really well. I know he let in a couple goals, but I don't really think any of those three were his fault. Um, that was the best, I think, like I said, I've seen Matt Murray play um, in camp. It's just it's just been a much better week for Murray. You know, he's probably put some of that this doubt aside that he was not going to start Game 1 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, he's definitely going to start Game 1. We, I did see the article from Josh Yowie where Jim Rutherford, he, I mean, he, even he thinks that Matt Murray is going to start Game 1. I mean, he also said it's up to Mike Sullivan. He's definitely going to go to Murray for Game 1 just based off the track record. I mean, of course, I don't know him personally but you know just going off his track record with what he's done with Matt Murray in the past he is going to give him the net for game one of the playoffs I definitely think that I would be very very surprised if it doesn't you know that's the final time that we'll talk about Matt Murray until next week where inevitably we'll come up with the crossover with Locked On Canadians with Scott and Laura um that's that's going to be a lot of fun we'll touch on that towards the late stages of this episode and what's going to be in those three episodes also Patrick Marlowe again looked really really good yesterday I mean, this is a guy who's going to be turning 41 years old. He does not look in the slightest even close to being 41. He was flying all over the ice. He had a very, very nice goal during the scrimmage. Well, kind of a little bit of a dirty goal. You know, Chad Ruedel basically shot it wide, and then Marlowe just basically, he just pounced on it, banked it off one of the um, extra defensemen and before Jari could react. And, you know, just... I've really, really enjoyed watching Patrick Marlowe through this training camp and all these scrimmages. I'm going to be watching him pretty closely tomorrow as well. But I'm really, really excited to see him on that third line, really hoping that the Penguins can get him that cup before 
he inevitably calls it a career. Also, someone who's had a very, very, very good training camp and some very, very good scrimmages, Connor Sherry. I mean, this is probably the best I've seen him play in a couple years. It's pretty remarkable what he is able to do this training camp. I'm really, just really, really hoping that it translates over to the actual playoffs and that, you know, he's not just, you know, as everyone says, he's falling everywhere. I really don't think he falls down a lot anyway. And I do really hope that he rediscovers that scoring touch that he had with the Penguins a couple years ago. He just seems to fit in right, just right in with Gensel and Crosby. I mean, I know he was playing with Evan Rodriguez last night, and Sherry did have a nice goal, though kind of a little bit of a tap-in as well. Chad Ruedel basically turned it over to Jake Gensel as a two-on-one towards the um, kind of late stage of the second period. Connor Sherry had a half-wide open net, almost a whole wide open net, just buried it past Matt Murray, who really just had no shot there. So yeah, Patrick Marlowe, Connor Sherry, they continue to look really good. Also been really impressed with John Marino this camp. Jesse was talking about him on the episode last night. Um, It's going to be one of the biggest X factors for the Penguins. I know I have Jared McCann up there. That's not a core player, but I mean, it's going to be awesome to see what John Marino can do in the playoffs. He's now fully healthy. No face mask, full, full face mask will be required for Marino. He's just, he's completely ready to go. And I'm really excited to see what he and Pedersen can do against the Canadians and just shutting down, you know, one of their top lines. All right, so we're back on this episode of Locked on Penguins. As I said, the Penguins have one more intra-squad scrimmage. Tomorrow you guys can watch. I think the Penguins will be streaming it on their YouTube, their I think they'll have a link on the website too, their official website on Facebook, I'm sure. Um, Josh Getzoff has been calling the games for it and with uh, Phil Bork. So uh, they'll 100% be calling that intra-squad scrimmage tomorrow for the Penguins. But for this segment, we have a couple mailbag questions to get to. So Alan T. Yoder, frequent um, asker of mailbag questions. Thank you always for listening, Alan. You're absolutely awesome. So he asked basically two questions. So one of them, do we have an update on Mike Lang? I'm assuming he won't be traveling and doing his playoff radio broadcast. Um, I actually do not know. The Penguins have not officially released anything that has talked about Mike Lang and if he's going to be going. I would assume that it's going to be Josh and Phil that's doing it for the Penguins Radio Network. Um, Mike is in the age group where this virus just really, really affects, you know, the, the elderly population. So I'm not really sure if he's going to travel to Toronto. I would bet that he wouldn't. I mean, maybe he calls the games from home. I wonder, though, if the Penguins can somehow set that up where he calls the game from, like, his home office or something. Or maybe he goes to PPG Paints Arena where, I mean, no one is there right now anyway. He can call the game there, call the game from a studio or somewhere. Just, like I said, like his home office, PPG Paints Arena or somewhere else. And then maybe Phil Bork is actually in Toronto or Phil Bork is there with him and they're just, like, kind of... I guess maybe, I don't know, watching the game on television or something. But I I just, I don't really think that would work though because the the television feed is just going to be behind even more now because, you know, the NHL likes to be lame and they don't want, you know, little Timmy, little 10-year-old Timmy hearing a cuss word for the the first time. They don't want a bunch of moms just getting mad because their son heard a cuss word for the first time, which is absolutely ludicrous, but you know what, whatever. So yeah, Alan, I'm not really sure what the Penguins plan is for Mike Lang. If I had to make a, a bet... Don't think he's going to travel to Toronto. I think they're going to give it to Josh Getzoff, and I think Phil Bork is going to go with him. But stay tuned for an announcement on that. I think they would probably release that next week at some point. I also know that the Penguins, I think they had to send the um, their 52 people that they were going to take with them to Toronto by 5 p.m. today. Let me double check that real quick. And yeah, according to Elliot Freeman, the team travel list of the 52 people headed to the bubbles are due. We're, we're, I mean, we're due at 5 p.m. Eastern 
today. So yeah, we, we should be finding out about that very, very soon now. And like I said, it would probably be around next week or something like that. Um, his second question, any chance that they use recordings of each team's goal horns after goals, Crosby shoots and scores won't have the same ring with the Maple Leafs horn. Um, I would really hope so that they would honestly do that. I mean, that the NHL is, I know they're very painfully boring with a lot of things, but I mean, that's just, that's a slam dunk right there. I, I 100% agree with you. Using each team's goal horn and each team's goal song after they score is just a no-brainer. You can literally just go on YouTube, download it through there. I'm sure you could have someone from the PPG Paints Arena or whatever NHL arena. They could just send it to Toronto through whatever and they can just download it and just have it ready to go. You know, I do agree having it be the Toronto Maple Leafs goal horn or the Edmonton Oilers goal horn for the West teams. Just like be every team's goal horn. That's just kind of lame. It's pretty lazy. It's just half-assing it. Just bring all the team's goal horns and goal songs so that, you know, it actually feels like you know that they're playing in their home arena because you know there's not going to be any fans so i mean at least just make it sound like they're playing at home that's the that's the least the nhl can do for this so yeah i definitely agree with you on that that's a very very good question it's also something that i've been thinking of for a while so i'm glad that you asked that all right, so moving on to the next question. This comes from Locked on Ducks. This is an absolutely hysterical question. So what can, well, there's two of them actually. What can an emperor penguin possibly do against a mythical creature from the sea that will emerge next year? So um, this this one has definitely got me a little bit off guard. So emperor penguins, for those that don't know, you know, they're actually one of the biggest of the 18 species of penguins found today. This also comes just from google so i mean i'm just throwing a google fact out at everyone right now they also weigh a lot more than a lot of the other penguin species but you know even um, against a mythical sea creature like the kraken that will emerge next year uh, what can an emperor penguin do basically nothing Uh, maybe you can just they can slide down on their belly and just try to escape it though is that likely to happen probably not if anyone has ever seen the kraken in a bunch of movies i mean clash of the titans has a version of it that is pretty badass and for those that aren't familiar with the clash of titans movie it's just basically about the son of zeus perseus just uh going off getting medusa's head and then basically trying to kill the kraken before it kills this um daughter of this place because they were trying to sacrifice the daughter to hades to basically get the gods to have more power again i guess And then the other version that I think a lot of people would know of the Kraken is from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies when Davy Jones, it was basically his pet, he would send him out to the ships of whatever pirate he wanted to kill and he would, the Kraken would just bring the ships down to the abyss of the ocean. It even took down the Black Pearl, which was of course Jack Sparrow's ship who was played by Johnny Depp. But, you know, I'm getting a little off topic here, but... The only thing that an Emperor Penguin could probably do to escape the Kraken is to just slide on its belly going down very fast and then just get in the water and just try to outswim it. But but is it going to outswim the Kraken? Probably not. It would most likely uh, perish and just die while trying to get away from the Kraken who is, I mean, the Kraken is just very, very fast in water. Like I said, just watch Clash of the Titans. Watch Dead Man's Chest, which is the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You guys can see just how fast the Kraken moves in water and just how deadly it is. So yeah, Emperor Penguin, you hate to see it. You will probably perish. So yeah, like I said, the only thing you can do, just slide on your belly on the ice, try to get into the ocean and outswim it, though you'll probably die trying. And then the second question from Locked on Ducks, what are your thoughts on the new Seattle jerseys? Um, I absolutely love them. 
I love the design of it. The logo is just completely badass. You have the the S with with the tentacle, then you have the I at the top. Just so well done. The color scheme is just so great. Um, everything about the uniform and the logo and just the name, everything about that announcement yesterday was great, except for when this guy would just not stop talking for the first 10 to 15 minutes of when they went live. And it was just like, okay, man, just get to what everyone wants to hear. And then we, you guys can discuss it all afterwards. But, you know, he had to keep blabbering and blabbering on for 10, 15 minutes. But going back to the original point, the jerseys are sick. They're beautiful. Love the logo. Love, like I said, the tentacle with the eye at the top. Um, the color scheme just fits it all too. It's an A++ for me. That's a 10 out of 10. Hell, I'll go even further and say that was an 11 out of 10. So, yeah, just... Great job by Seattle yesterday. I can't wait to see those jerseys in action and cannot wait to see what's going to happen with that next expansion draft. Maybe when the Penguins try to send a good old friend Jack Johnson over there as his contract will still be going and still be going pretty good when Seattle will be making their picks for who they're going to have on their team. All right, so for this last segment, I I thought we would talk about some pretty big breaking news that it's potentially about to come very, very soon. Apparently, Elliot Friedman uh, tweeted out, this was about, I think, an hour ago, that it sounds like that Arizona Coyotes GM John Chaika is not going to be coming to Edmonton. Um, they had, they had like I said, they had until 5 p.m. Friday night to submit their 52-person travel list. And uh, it's not really known if he is on that list. That's what Elliot Friedman said in the article. Um, there's a growing sense that Chaika and the Coyotes, Coyotes are headed for divorce. Um, apparently one source indicated that to Elliot that his office had been cleaned out ever since it was reported that Chaika did not attend a dinner last week with Taylor Hall. More stories have filtered out about agent team conversations that did not involve the current general manager. One agent told Elliot Freeman that apparently he's gone dark and he also did not respond to messages for that story. I mean, of course, I mean, why would he? But this is shaping up to be a very, very interesting situation for the Arizona Coyotes. I honestly don't think John Chaika has done too bad of a job up in Arizona. I honestly think he's done a pretty good job during his tenure. Um, I was having a couple of, I was, I was having a Twitter discussion with a couple of people from Hangman's Twitter. Um, Danny, who I very much beg you guys to follow. I'm honestly going to try to have him on the podcast here at some point. His at is Shirey Irving. So that's S-H-I-R-E-Y I-R-V-I-N-G. He does great, great, great work for the Pens blog. Just also fires out a bunch of hot takes. But you know what? Danny's he's, he's a G. Also with uh, Jeff from the Pens blog, um, Latan Colt, the other Jeff as well. We're just talking about John Chaika. And honestly, like, he did a lot of good things for the Coyotes. I think he honestly did way more good than bad over his tenure. I mean, remember, you know, he brought in Auntie Ronta. He brought in Darcy Kemper. He got the Alex Goligoski situation. That was when Alex Goligoski was still good. Uh, stole Nick Jalmerson from the Blackhawks or basically pennies on the dollar. I thought the Derek Stepan trade at the time was pretty, pretty good. Um, of course, you know, the big one, Taylor Hall, he finally made that big move. Didn't really have to give up too, too much to the Devils in return for that. The Phil Kessel trade, I mean, a lot of people are going to call him an idiot for that, but I mean, you you would still take a pretty big gamble on Phil Kessel at that point, especially after he was, what, a, a couple years removed from a 90-point season, I think the last season, um, before he kind of fell off a cliff this season. He basically was still a point-per-game player for the Penguins. So, I mean, of course you're going to take a chance on Kessel and hope he does not fall off the face of the earth as he did this season, but you know, there there is still some valid criticism for him. You know, he didn't go all in maybe as he should have 
he kind of was stuck in the middle. But, you know, as soon as the West got not that good, because the West was pretty, pretty good for a, a lot of the years that he was there. And they, the Coyotes were just kind of trying to figure themselves out. But, you know, as soon as he saw in the West, which is not that good, he said, you know what, screw it. We need to give the fans something to cheer about. We got to go out and get a franchise player that we hope to resign. I still have no idea if the Coyotes are even going to resign. Taylor Hall, but it was a move they had to make. You know, they got into the playoffs because of it, but still, this is a very, very odd situation that's going on with John Chaika. I also think one of the biggest things that happened during his tenure, he just never got like that consistent goaltending that he needed. You know, Auntie Ronto was hurt uh, during parts of his tenure. You know, Darcy Kemper was as well. I also thought he worked at the cap pretty, pretty good when he first got there. You guys remember the Marion Hosis situation, the Pavel, the Pavel Datsuk one. Got a ton of picks and assets, as Jeff was telling me um, in my mentions on Twitter. So I, like I said, I do think he did a lot more good than bad, but still, this is potentially turning ugly. I'm not really sure who the Coyotes would hire if they do end up moving on from John Chaika. It always is weird when the general manager is not there for a face-to-face meeting with their potential franchise player in Taylor Hall. You know, that that just that just screams something is fishy, something is off, and you know, we, we could be seeing something announced maybe this weekend, maybe next week, you know, who knows? Who knows if he's even on the fifty-two person list that the Coyotes were, would be taking to Edmonton. So we're gonna have to pay attention to that. Also just to end this episode here, I figured we would talk about about what's on tap for next week. So as I've been teasing, we are going to have a big preview crossover show with Locked On Canadians next week with Scott and Laura. Um, absolutely love them to death. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that series. On Monday, we're basically just going to be you know, refreshing where the teams were the last time we saw them, how both teams were playing, any news from the pause. Tuesday, we're going to uh, break down some of the biggest storylines heading into the series for each team, You know, expectations, what's at stake for each team. And then on Wednesday, um, we're going to have the head-to-head breakdown of this series plus predictions. So it's basically going to be an hour total of a preview, but we're going to break it down into 20-minute segments for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then for Thursday and Friday, um, I'm in the process of hooking up a couple more guests to come on the show right before the play-in series against the Canadians start to just talk about what they think is going to happen in the series and just make some general predictions for the Penguins going into the playoffs. So that will do it, I think, for this episode of Locked on Penguins. As always, Always appreciate you guys listening. Um, We're one week away, guys. We're getting very much closer to this getting started. And I can't wait to break it all down with you after each game and just so much more. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. And we will talk to you all on Monday with starting with the crossover. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone.